Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings, everybody, listening to the Lori and Julia show out there, either live or perhaps in the future as a podcast. Welcome. It's Wednesday, February 10th, a.k.a. Hump Day. So let's get humping. Oh, gosh. Rocco, should we get hump, hump, hump along? Well, you know, oh. I see what's coming up on the sheet, so we could, if we're going to get humping, we might as well play some uh, oh, we do have humping music. Roberta Flack. Oh, she's got a beautiful Mm -hmm. voice. So she's 82. I just thought we better celebrate our legends. Before they go. We've been losing (laughs) them. And then uh, my friend Babs, my my friend that I have known since third grade. Who went to David Cassidy. Yes. There's no need for chastity. Chastity, we're off, off to, to see, see Cassidy. Cassidy. <laughs> that was the banner on the side of the bus that took us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, Babs, it's her birthday. And, you know, if you're having a pandemic birthday, you just have to do it all over. Just Next year, yeah. we had pandemic mm-hmm. birthdays. We're hoping this year's birthday will be, you know, under different conditions. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, really hoping. So I will just tell you this before... We get into our old movie reviews that, uh, you know, it's Chinese New Year. Yes. And Chinese astrologers say there is optimism for the upcoming Lunar New Year because the year of the rat, which was 2020, is behind us. Is behind <laughs> us. And the year of the ox will bring us relief. And the year of doom, the year of the rat, won't happen again for 60 years. Oh, we won't be here. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be gone oh, by then. Now, I always remember, I get confused, you know, because when you're at a Chinese restaurant, it says, oh, hey, what's your birth year? It's the yeah. year of the rat. But because of the Chinese year, you know, maybe you think you're a year of the rat, you're born in the year of the rat, but because their year starts at a different time, right. Yeah, basically wrong. the end of January. So it's mostly, I think, isn't it like January birthdays? Isn't Lunar New Year? I don't sure. know. Sure. I'm, 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 I'm not going to give any like, more brain teasers I'm not today. either. I think let's, that's a lot of us to work on. Let's revisit. I was so intoxicated last night uh, mm-hmm. with, I taped this movie like a couple weeks ago on TCM, Turner Classic Classic Movies, because I hadn't seen it. Charade with Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn. Have I you saw guys it once, seen it? Yes. Once? Isn't it a mystery? Kind of a thriller? Julia, it is, it is like our little flight attendant. It's a oh. suspense thriller. It's a rom rom com. It's a romance yeah. and a comedy, and um, it was uh, so it was made in 1963. And Rocco, you'll know this name from your watching that's entertainment. Stanley Donan, Donan okay. directed it. Okay. He directed Singing in the Rain oh, and right, all kinds right. of MGM musicals, and this was really his first 
thriller, rom-com, going out of the musical genre. And the guy who wrote it, of course, this is all from watching, you know, Mank, the guy oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on TCM. This guy, Peter Stone, who wrote it, he couldn't, every studio in town turned him down. So his agent said, let's publish this as a book and I'll try and get a women's magazine to option it, to serialize it. Okay. Red Book did it. It was a huge success for Red Book. Wow. Then, then the Hollywood studios saw it. Then they bought the screenplay. Stanley Donan, Donan had to fight to get it. But Cary Grant, Audrey Hepburn, Walter Matthau, James Coburn... George Kennedy are in it, and um, Cary Grant is 59, she is 34, and um, it's a dazzling opening scene, sort of this animated thing. It almost looks Bondish, but um, it was Great. All right, it was good. so good, and I sent a picture, and I might have mm-hmm. even tweeted it, of, of Audrey in a leopard hat and a classic red coat. It's good to have the and classics. her pearl earrings yep. and her updo, which is one of the iconic hairstyles styles of the 20th century. And while you were watching that, what old movie were you watching? <laughs> well, my kids, um, my son and his girlfriend come over on Tuesday nights. And first of all, the meal I made was crap. Oh, it was? It was because I made meatloaf and he reminded me, Mom, don't you know me by now? I don't <laughs> like ketchup. I'm like, well, we don't have to put any on. He goes, I know it's in there. Yeah. So, so I'm like, well, that sucks. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> and so we had just a funny yacht near kind of meal. And okay. we all agreed it stunk. And next week we're getting wings from D's. What's the D's oh, uh, place? D spot in Maplewood? Yes. And, and, um, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's Maplewood. Yeah, that place is good. Oh, my gosh. And the peanut butter and jelly chicken wings there are supposed to be to die for. I had some last week from there. That yeah. was so good. And he goes, well, why didn't you get them tonight? And I said, because I had all this good food for you. All right. <laughs> so we watched, we ended up with two weeks notice mm-hmm. with Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant. Oh. And she is, and it's from 2002. And it's it's a really fun movie um, where she is this activist and she wants to save the activity center on Coney Island. And, I can't even remember. Oh, this. and it's and he is this part of this big development group. Donald Trump is in this movie. Oh my god! Um, and um, he's kind of the the dim witted brother, the good looking brother of this two brothers part- yeah. development partnership. Did it hold up? Did you totally, like it as much? Totally. And but on Rotten Tomatoes, this is why Rotten Tomatoes is just so doesn't work mm-hmm. because the film's approval rating is forty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And um, the audience is probably 87. The, right. Or something. And, and Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times at the time gave it three out of four stars. And he said, I wanted it to be a typical romantic comedy starting these two lovable people, Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant. And it was. And some of the dialogue has a real zing. There's wicked one liners that slip under the radar. It was good. I still like it because there's this one scene on the Brooklyn Bridge where Sandra Bullock has to use the restroom. And mm-hmm. it's still to the stage. She's good at. They're both funny. She's very physically. She's physically good, good at comedy. comedy. It was fun. Well, so, she's she's going to be in an action movie with Brad Pitt. I it's called Bullet this. Train. These two have never uh, worked together before. I thought romance, but she's with that beautiful photographer. Yeah, we don't know what the role is going to be, but it's her first movie with Brad Pitt. They've never crossed paths on screen, even though they've been in the Ocean's Eight. 
franchise in Ocean's Eleven. Sure. But, so anyway, we don't know what it's uh, what it's going to be, but that was just uh, Sandra Bullock news. And my last thing on Charade is it has been described as the best Hitchcock movie that Hitchcock never made. Uh-huh. There's so much great repartee too. Between and with what's his name? Cary Grant oh, who's and Audrey more lovely Hepburn. than him. Well, he's fifty nine to her thirty four. Doesn't really matter though with him, does it? <laughs> well, because I thought he was hot till the bitter end. Yeah, no, but he. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I don't know. All these guys were kind of. They were people always looked, way older. Yeah, it did, it did seem that. Uh, Casey and I were completely. We both noticed the same thing at the same time. Walter Matthau. <gasps> Has gigantic ears. hairy hands. Oh, no, <laughs> they, ears. In his 1963, nose. his ears and nose hadn't gotten as big as they were going to get. I love Walter Matthau. He's in this. He is so funny. Yeah, he's in it with the, and it's filmed in Paris. Oh, so fun. you're traveling. And it's, isn't, don't they go to the mountains or something? It too? starts in the Alps. Okay, I gotcha. saw this yes. movie recently. This is a great movie. This is a great I saw movie. this like six months ago. Yeah, yes. charade. Oh, anyway. It's funny you mentioned that because I watched on Turner Classic Movies yesterday to have and have not, and Bogart is forty five and Bacall is nineteen. Nineteen. And that you fell, really noticed oh, the and difference. They fell in love and yeah. got married. I know. Is that good? It is pretty good, and it um it has this line in it. Okay. I just I had it ready in case it came up. You know how to whistle, don't you, Steve? Oh yeah. You just put your lips together and blow. <laughs> that's a great she line something else. that is a great line oh. All right, listen we come back it's our stories we can't get enough of there is Kelly Clarkson really sounding country on Willie Nelson's classic Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain oh. Joey just asked me the name of the I'm like, song I'm like what's the name of this damn song I Blue remember. Eyes Crying in the Rain and uh, interesting song choice uh Chloe Clark Kardashian on, and they're talking about, you know. She did not look like herself. Chloe? Yeah, she does not look like Chloe. She looks like Chloe Kim. Yeah. Chloe she Kim looks is... like Chloe Kim. Yeah. She really does not look like herself. I was looking at it, and I'm like, or just a completely different person. It's the plasticification it, it, of what happens in Hollywood. Everyone starts to look, look alike, alike if they start doing these injectables. These, yes, and yes, yes, yes. The yes. lips and... All the Kardashians basically have had their nose done. Yeah, they have. Maybe Courtney. I don't know if she is, but Chloe and they all look alike. Yeah, there is a look alike, but they were talking about siblings. They were talking about co-parenting, and uh, Kelly, she made this admission. It's tough. I know with me and Brandon, it's just a difficult thing because we're in different places. Yep. Well, so, his he, he hasn't ever mentioned his name. Really. No, that was just kind of a that was yesterday thing. on the yeah. show. I know. Um, well, and, when you're going through a painful divorce, it is and, tough and, to co-parent because you don't want to talk to and each other. He's, fra- he's defrauded you. Yeah, there's yeah, that's terrible. Uh, it's got to be very difficult yeah, to just keep just it to the kids. Go with daddy, and uh, we love daddy. Yeah, it's your turn to be with daddy. Yeah. I don't want to go with daddy. You, daddy yeah. loves you. Right. Yeah, he took all mommy's money, but daddy loves you. Right. It's okay. It's okay. Um, we were having our Dave Grohl Foo Fighter moment yesterday, and then the Rock and Roll. I think you were. I was and, in and Rocco. And I just and other people, at you. But the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominee yes. came out. Holly posted the entire list, but Foo Fighters got a nomination for the first. This is the first year they're eligible because it has to be 25 years. 
of being uh, of being you a can't musician. be nominated until 25 years after your debut record. Got it. So the Foo Fighters, the Go Go's are first timers on the ballot. Iron Maiden, um, Carol King, who's been in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a songwriter, right? Got uh, not as a performer. Tina Turner. Well, they need to do her quickly because I know she has health problems. Yes, and she was in as half of Ike and Tina in 1991, so she could be a Stevie Nicks and be the second female to be inducted twice. Um, right. Who else was nominated? Jay-Z. New- Jay-Z, Jay-Z New- Kate Bush, Shaka Khan, yeah. MJ Blige. Dionne Warwick, who's very excited. Mm. Is that a first-timer She's been eligible since 1988, and uh, she turned f- eight, the, no, she's been she is a first time nominee. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and do I Tina think it's Turner. her Twitter. Yeah, of yeah, course. do Tina Turner, please, please. Um, have, have either of you guys ever been to the museum in Cleveland? No, but I want to go. I, You've been to the one in Seattle. I have the experience. Yes, or I've driven by it. I would love Cleveland's to go. I've really, never been to Cleveland. Cleveland is a really, really cute, cute town. town. It's right on the lake. Yeah, it's on a, isn't it on a river? No, it's on Lake Erie. Lake Erie. Oh, is it? On it's lake. like, I, I business through there, probably at Carlson Companies. State in Ohio, we used to have to go to. I went to Cleveland. Okay. And I remember the Rock and Roll Fame had just been built, so we drove by it. It's really kind of got a cool, it's got kind of like an old town feeling to it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, well... If Tina Turner it's really quaint and cute is, you know, gets the votes or whatever, mm-hmm. Angela Bassett better be there. Um to when she to- well, when she gets inducted, she just she did an interview um because she la- played her. Yeah, last week and what's love got to do with it. And uh she was asked what was the most difficult role you ever had to play, and she said, Definitely nothing has been as difficult as Tina Turner. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, vocally, the last shot in the limo, that was the last day of filming, and that day was literally 25 hours. Wow. So it felt so long. And then the story that's really making everybody just go, what the hell? Yeah. Just days after he was in a Jeep commercial, Bruce Springsteen, uh, DWI. What? I missed this. Yes. Yes, No, he he is... um yeah, go. It, it, it happened um, the end of November. Yeah, the end of November. He was charged with DWI, reckless driving, consuming alcohol in a closed area. He was at Gateway National Recreation Area in Sandy Hook, so a park, a national park, probably drinking, having beers, or maybe had met people. I don't know. His reps aren't commenting. A source who knows him said, yeah, he drinks, but he's not a drunk. I've never seen him drunk. I, I, they said they're also surprised the officer didn't go easy on the boss. He's New Jersey's first son. How he didn't get away with the citation, I just don't know. Well, he and was the other bombed people- in the USA. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. What was the <laughs> What will the New York Post be? Well, but I'm really just so surprised. Same. I, and why wasn't I? Because you said I'm surprised. And I'm like, I'm not. I don't know why. <sighs> He doesn't seem like he a doesn't drinker. seem like at all at all. I mean, he I've seems like he'd like have some beer. Row, he drinks a lot of water, and it seems like he yeah. And it seems like he may have a driver or will die. Yeah, you that's know? the part that's just like kind of. And so when people are like surprised they didn't get off, you can't let him off. He, you know. Well, I am kind of I I am kind of surprised that the New Jersey cop didn't. Jeez. Didn't offer to give him a ride just, home. Well, that's true, Lori. You know? We don't Bravo, know. Are you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I would agree with you on that one. But maybe it was somebody who doesn't agree with Bruce's politics. Maybe that's it. Who knows what it is? And maybe they were just, uh, they had one more DWI quota to fill, if they have those. I don't know. Well, all I'm going to say is there was an article in the Star Tribune yesterday or the day before about the number of speeding tickets that our Highway Patrol have uh, given out in since COVID versus any other year, the amount of speeding tickets with people driving over 100 miles per hour yeah. has like doubled. Oh, well, that's some Do- good remember, tax money. Well, don't you remember when there was no one on the road yeah. and I drive into work and I'm like, it is so hard to even just stay at 80. I want to drive faster because it was like I own the highway. Right. Because no one's on it. Right. Well, you know, Tom. That's an expensive speeding ticket to get when, you it, when you're really over, high, high yeah, over. You want to stay, hmm. 120 miles an hour over. Yeah. I got that dreaded one in Florida looking for a bathroom. And were you 30 over or something? Yeah, something bad. Something I was just, bad. It was like, it was immediate. I, you this, were in a school zone. I, it, no, but I'm like, where the hell's a bathroom? Yeah. But yeah, those are expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The pandemic is uh, hitting Rihanna. Uh, she and LMVH have decided that her fashion line for Fenty is on hiatus. No, gonna, one, no one's buying high fashion right now. And she even had uh, affordable stuff, but she's she's not able to go to Paris and her skincare and makeup stuff, all the people are in California. And I bet all that does great. Yes. Yeah, it, you don't need a fashion line so right now. So it's shut down right now. All Maybe right. she can work on her ninth studio up. There you go. We are so excited. Kristen Hanna, um, her latest novel, The Four Winds, you've probably read Nightingale, The Great Alone. Firefly Lane, which is a TV show. She's going to be with us in a couple minutes, so stay tuned. Big deal. We're a big deal having her on, Laura. Thanks, Jules. <laughs> hey, everybody. Well, this is a perfect song to play for our author. Kristen Hanna is joining us, and she's, of course, New York Times uh, best-selling author, award-winning author. We are huge, huge fans. Huge we fans. have been since Firefly Lane, her latest book, which I we've been waiting for a couple years, The Four Winds. So worth it. So fantastic. Hi, Hi Kristen. Kristen. Hi, you guys. It's nice to talk to you. Oh, oh. We, you know, we just love you for all your books, The Nightingale and The Great Alone, which is the last time we talked to you yes. was The Great Alone. And now uh, The Four Winds. It's just a fantastic, epic book that just made us feel Heartsick, dusty, hot, and <laughs> and kept us warm for an entire weekend. Yeah, and just kept us turning the pages. So, if you don't mind giving uh, people who are tuning into the Lo J Book Club the setup, we'd love it. 
Sure, I would love to. Um, the Four Winds is, I think of it as uh, kind of a quintessential American epic about one woman during the Great Depression who is living on the Great Plains as, uh, you know, dust bowls swirl around them and the, um, you know, times are really hard and she has to fight to keep her children fed and safe and ultimately has to decide whether to stay on her failing farm or go west uh, in search of a better life, uh, not knowing what awaits her out there. It, you know, Lori, did you talk, were we talking off the air that we said we hadn't read a book on the Great Depression in a long time? I think well, we since, just, uh, like, I read, you know, Grapes of Wrath, I think is the last time I read <laughs> like, a book that was set, you know, in the Great Depression, a fictional epic novel. In America. Yeah. yeah because I, for, we, for, I think, you know, and I don't know how you got the idea for this story. Maybe you can tell us that because it reminds me a lot of the times we're living in now. In, in a weird way. Yeah, I certainly didn't expect for a second, you know, in the last three and a half years while I was writing this, that it would feel so relevant uh, when, you know, when it came out. But it definitely, uh, there are definitely parallels, you know, between then and now. And, you know, the way I got the idea really was, as you pointed out about, you know, the Nightingale. I wrote that a few years ago mm-hmm. um, about the women of the French resistance during mm-hmm. World War II. And as I toured with that book and talked to people and as it continued to sort of become a book club favorite, I began to understand how much it meant, especially to women, to read a story about this time in history and have women at the center of it. Mm-hmm. Because so many of our World War II stories up to that point seem to be male-driven. Mm-hmm. And so I began to want to write an American Nightingale was the way I thought of it. I wanted mm-hmm. to write a book that was, you know, quintessentially American and had generally been talked about or was generally remembered, you know, in a much more male perspective. And, you know, look at the women of the era. And, you know, that desire somehow led me to the Great Depression, I guess, because it's, you know, it was just such hard times in America. And there were so many women going it alone, and, you know, fighting for survival. And, their heroism and their strength and their fortitude just just really spoke to me. You know, it's, it's the greatest generation. And reading about them and writing about them was ultimately really inspirational. It's If you're just joining us, we're talking with Kristen Hanna. Her new book is The Four Winds. It's an epic. It's fantastic. We absolutely love it. And, you know, Kristen, I was reading somewhere today is day 334 days in of how when we kind of shut down for COVID in the United States. And um, I think of Elsa um, um, Martinelli, you know, in the story and about what she went through. And, you know, and we're thinking what we're going through. And it's like, I can't even compare. I mean, I know that I have a roof. I know that my kids are going to be okay. I mean, so and you just... It put it life into a little bit of perspective, really, really what the women and the families went through um, in the Great Depression. And it lasted so much longer. A decade. Yeah, yeah, a decade. That was the thing that 
that's the thing that has really been driven home to me in this pandemic as well. You know, as difficult as this year has been, it has been a year. And, you know, the the Great Depression was a decade. The Dust Bowl was over four years of this onslaught day after day after day. And, you know, ultimately, what I take away from the four wins is a reminder of our strength and our resilience and the knowledge that, you know, we in America have lived through hard times before. And we will get through what we're going through now. Right. Um, yep. You know, there will be a better day. It's, I, yeah, it's such a good book. It, it really is. And, you know, we, so we want to ask you about um, uh, the Nightingale, because that was, I think that your book and then All the Light You Cannot See, I remember reading those two books yep. back to back. And we were so excited when we heard that the Fanning sisters were going to yeah. be in the Nightingale movie. What What's <laughs> happening with that? Because that's brilliant casting. I'm sure you had everything to do with it. <laughs> Actually, I had nothing to do with it, except as a fangirl, I was very, very excited as well. And uh, they are just adorable um, people and uh, really, really good actresses. So I'm excited for it. They, you know, like everybody else this year, they had to shut down production um, last March uh, for COVID. And I believe they're hoping to pick back up in June, but, you know, we're all waiting to see. Right. Right. And in the meantime, I've got one episode left of Firefly Lane. I love that. Isn't it great? I love it. And and that, what is it like for you? I mean, because so many of your books now are optioned. I don't know if this is, if a movie or a series has come out yet. Is Firefly Lane like the first one? It is. This is the first one that's actually made it to, you know, screen that people can see. Right. What does that feel like for you? You know, it is, it's surreal, actually. Um, You know, it's, it's a remarkable thing. I mean, I wrote the book, gosh, 15 years ago, and so much of the book is uh, drawn from my life. Uh, I am very much, you know, the Kate <laughs> yes. from, uh, you know, taking care of her horse and riding the bus to school and, you know, all of that. And so to see it come alive is just amazing. Um, and I think that all of the actors are amazing, but the four actors in particular who, who played Kate and Tully, yep. um, you know, are they're just I cried all through episodes nine and ten. Oh, I, I'm I'm savoring it because it's like something to look forward to. I mean, your book, Lori and I just peeled through it and we couldn't put it down. I'm like, oh, now what do we do? I and know, then and it's a big book, and it's a big book. And then Firefly <laughs> Lane started, and I'm peeling through, going through it too quick, and I'm like, I don't want to end it. But you know, I think Catherine Heigl has really done a great job, and the men are gorgeous in it. Yeah, I've. I've been getting a lot of texts and emails about the men. I think uh, I think my readers really like them. <laughs> oh, they're beautiful. And but the friendship there about you know two you know neighbors on Firefly Lane. I mean, we just fell. That's when we fell in love with that's you. That's when we first met you. <laughs> and so in the clothes and the music, it's just such a fun. It's it's fun and feel. It's feel you feel and you have fun while you're watching it. And it's just I love women's friendships. And you know I think it. So nice 
um, even even if it weren't my book, I would be watching this because, <laughs> you know, the complexity of this female relationship and the fact that it's the female relationship that is driving this bus. That's what, you know, the energy is about. And it's this friendship, I think, that feels totally real and deep and lasting. And you just don't see that on TV every day. No, you don't. And over this many decades... And it had to be like a 10-part series to show it. But but sometimes you just want to kill Tully, and you're like, how am I friends with you? You are the worst. You know? And, and But don't you have that but, about good friends right. sometimes that are almost like sisters? Yeah, and that's, you know, that that's what Katherine Heigl is doing so beautifully. The fact that Tully is both brash and broken. Yes. And, you know, that's what's really important is, you know, she does all these things that you wish she wouldn't do, but you still understand, you know, how broken she is because of her mother-daughter relationship. Oh, it's just so good. So we're talking about Firefly Lane. It's on Netflix, you guys. It's Mm -hmm. so good. So your book came out last um, Tuesday, I think, February 2nd. what what does it feel like? We saw the big. We saw your your tweet or your Facebook post that you have the biggest billboard right now in Times Square <laughs> ever for a book. What does that feel like? No, it, I just am so sad that I'm not in New York to right. see it in person. Right? <laughs> yeah. No I mean, kidding. It's, it's amazing. You know, it's like. Uh, after, you know, doing this for 30 years on this, you know, sudden overnight ex- success. And, and it's really fun because, because I have so much, I guess, um, time behind me that, you know, it's not going to turn my head. It's not going to change what I do, right. but it is going to make for a really fun year. Yeah. Oh, and, and I just, I'm so excited for people to be able to nestle and cuddle up with your book, The Four Winds. We're talking with Kristen Hanna. Kristen, we have to ask you, because we ask all our authors, what's the last great book you read besides your own? Ah, uh, <laughs> you know, the last, uh, gosh, I have written, I've read a lot of really great books in the last um, two months uh, because of the pandemic. Right. I think I've just been pouring through them. But I was. Uh, I was blown away by um, Colson Whitehead's The Nickel Boys, and I really love William Kent Kruger's This Tender Lamb. Oh, Oh, he lives here. He lives here, you know, and he comes. Oh, he does? Yes, yes. and he used to write at the place I waited tables at. He is a friend of our show, and This Tender Lamb was amazing. amazing book, yeah. Wasn't it beautiful? And I just actually met him on Zoom for oh. the first time the other night. And what a lovely man. Oh, he's I, mean, a- I, I felt like I could just sit down and talk with him for an hour. He's that kind of guy. Yeah, that he that is. gives me goosebumps that you said that because we have such a love love for him. And all of his other books, Ordinary Grace, but then his series with the cork. I can't think Kirk of it. O'Connor. Kirk O'Connor. We mm-hmm. love them. We love you too. Kristen, um, has the four winds, has that been optioned? I mean, are people looking at, okay, the Nightingale hopefully comes the out Great in Alone. December, Netflix. I mean, are the Great Alone or four winds, have those been optioned already? Uh, the Great Alone has been optioned, and that's in development, which was, of course, stopped by COVID. Right. The four winds, we have only, like, literally this week started uh, thinking about and moving towards that. Um, 
I feel like I just wanted to see how the book did and see uh, where I am in the world and then make a decision about that one. Yeah, I, I think, really, really love it. I think the um, bookstores are going to be very glad for you. You're going to move. You're going to help with a lot of sales because yeah. people want to <laughs> buy this book. Are you how do people uh, interact with you? Is Facebook the best place? Is that? I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Were you like Facebook and maybe Insta? Yeah, Facebook and Instagram. I'm not on Twitter. Okay. Um, but I am on Facebook and Instagram, and I like them both a lot. And I'm doing quite a few um, events. Zoom events. Yes, you are. You know. And you're doing one coming up here at Excelsior Bay and Valley Bookstore on February 18th. We want to remind people. Okay. Um, that's yeah. a week that's out. That's one of my favorite bookstores, so I'm really excited Excelsior to Excelsior Bay and Valley Bookstore on February 18th at 7 p.m. Um, it's a Zoom event. Just Google it, or we'll, we'll make sure to give out more information to Kristen. It's so good to talk to you again oh great to talk to you guys too i guess i'll talk to you in another couple of years well, hurry I'm up <laughs> we'd like to talk no. to you before then enjoy 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 yeah. because you're just such an amazing writer we love talking to you thanks so much thanks so much take care bye-bye right. and i were just having a pinch me moment interviewing christian hannah for her latest novel the four winds which is another epic Epic. I felt dust, I felt heat, and I imagined that the woman in my mind that was Elsa Martinelli Mm -hmm. is the famous Depression-era photo of the woman. No, no, that's 40s, Julia, that we can do it. The Depression-era woman, Rocco, you probably know it is. She's kind of got dirt in her face. Oh, right, yeah. um, It's a famous... Sort of, she's her brow is creased, and it's a famous. I can picture it in my mind, right. and I can't. Right, and what's the famous photographer? The I'll, photographer I'll that, yeah. who did okay. it, but that's who I pictured Elsa Martinelli. Oh. That uh, in my mind the entire time when I was reading the book, because women, even by the time they were thirty, were just like so exhausted, exhausted, you know, absolutely exhausted, and it, her life is exhausted. I, so great book every book of hers is being if you haven't read her before i mean just you anything in her collection is so good and we just want to congratulate wendy you know who you are in bloomington and Lori in prior lake our book winners today they were very excited people were dialing up like no this is a hot book this is and i even thought i even said to Lori, should we just keep one and give it to one of our colleagues but we're like now we'll give it away well um it's a great book it is a lot of book clubs are are reading it. Yeah. We, I posted something on our Facebook page, but it's it's strange because you know it is. It's heavy. It is because it's, it's a novel about America and Americans about our depression, hubris, about people displaced and journeying to a better life, and other people looking at them who are you and the haves and the have-nots. Oh, it's and, terrible. You know, it's really and even I did not really know that much about how people and lives that were lost to get um, uh, 
you know, safe working conditions Conditions. and fair wages for farm workers. Right. You know, I don't think that even happened until the 60s. Right. They had to fight a long time. Because in the book, I don't want to give it away, but but they experienced so much migrate to California. And and become migrant farm workers, which a lot lot of... uh, Hard life. And a lot of just complete discrimination. Complete. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's been happening for quite a while. But it's... It's good. It's good. And we've got another juicy book tomorrow. This is like a hot week. (laughs) Okay, let's get back to just something light for one second. Did you ever finish all of Bling Empire on Netflix? The reality show about the... I've got a couple left. Okay, so, uh, you know, the runaway star of that show is Anna Shea. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, She's the one with all the money, right? uh, Well, they all have money except for Kevin, but she's got... Arms money. Yeah, she's got big money. She's got like uh, huge money, and like I mean, she might be worth several billion dollars. Oh. She's so rich and she's so good. Um, and you know, the guy who this executive producer, he was executive producer for a long time on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, right? And so it was his idea, but she to put together the series, and he wanted, he knew if he could convince her to do it. That her other friends would follow. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's reality TV gold. And she is just everything on that show. But she has so much money, she forgot to cash the Netflix checks for this. You know? Oh, she didn't even check, cash the checks for doing mm-hmm. this. No, but to her hilarious one liners, <laughs> her drops of brilliant life advice, she's worth 600 million. And she lives in the home um, where Shirley Temple used to live. And it's supposed to be kind of a haunted home. But she goes to Paris more than she goes to any place else in California. Right. Uh, anyway, I just absolutely love, love, love. Um, because the checks kept coming from Netflix. She did an interview with Oprah's magazine, and she's like, what is this for? Right. Oh, that's hysterical. Mm-hmm. So she just... That's that's a fun show. Yeah. So she thinks she might divide up the money amongst the crew that filmed. Well, that's what she should do. I mean, if you have that much money, who cares? Yeah, but watch so that show. To give it away. All right, bling watch Empire. that show. The first episode of the Salt Lake reunion is tonight. I can't even believe you're going to remember this, Jules. I never do. And uh, by the way, people, uh, if you would like to see Leslie Jordan in the trailer, United States versus Billy Holiday, which Lee Daniels directed, that's coming to Hulu on February 26th. Holly posted a first look at that trailer, and mm-hmm. he he's a character. He said, uh, Lee Daniels said, I knew only Leslie Daniels could bring this character to life. And I just burst out laughing when I saw <laughs> Because you don't know if he's playing a man or a woman. He's such a perfect character. (laughs) And uh, anyway, he plays this journalist who sits down with Billie Holiday to talk to her about the song Strange Fruit. Which it was a huge, you know. I know the song, right? You know the yeah, song, because yeah, I know condemns from... the lynching yes. of black people and blah blah blah. And so he's doing the interview. So I don't think it's a big part, but take okay. a look at it if you want. Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Lori and Julia. This is my talk, one hundred seven one.